From COK Studios in Steve Inskeep's Winnebago, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. On today's show, we'll consider a recap of President Obama's recent trip to the conservative state of Utah. We'll also consider some springtime reading material with Lynn Ruffle in our Book Look segment. And we'll consider whether there's a good Lebanese restaurant around here. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Frozen Foundation, committed to translating the song Let It Go into every known language and then filming children singing it. For more information, visit elsa.org. And the Whelping Box, conveniently delivering dog clothes right to your front door. Choose from top brands like Massimo Puppy, Doggy Hilfiger, and Kim Kardagian. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. Last week, President Obama made his first stop to the state of Utah as president, leaving South Dakota as the only state he has not visited during his tenure in office. Utah is well known as a conservative bastion, with two Republican senators, a Republican governor, and is the home of Obama's challenger in 2012, Mitt Romney. Because COK calls Utah home with our main news bureau in Salt Lake City, our team was on hand to cover the president's visit to one of the nation's more unique states. Our international gossip reporter, Melissa Reynolds, and I were lucky enough to tag along with Mr. Obama as he spent the day in Utah. Here is that report. The main focus of President Obama's visit to Utah last week was a speech at Hill Air Force Base announcing programs to train military veterans for careers in the solar energy industry. But he did much more than that in his 15-hour stop in the Beehive State. The president arrived in Utah on Thursday at 8.10 p.m., which was like three hours late because of his announcement of the deal aimed at blocking Iran's development of a nuclear bomb or whatever. Air Force One was greeted by two missionaries from the LDS Church who were there to see if the president was interested in hearing about the Mormon Church. Elder Dallin Sorensen said he enjoyed his chat with the president. We were invited on the president's plane for some lemonade, and he was genuinely interested in what we had to say. I think he really liked it when Elder Johnson and I read scriptures for an hour. Really? Gross. No, he seemed very taken with Heavenly Father's plan. My brother did his mission in Kenya, and I think he might have converted one of Obama's brothers. So do you think he's going to convert? We left some literature for him, and he did fill out a referral card. After the visit with the missionaries, then the president met with LDS church leaders. In the closed-door meeting, he spoke with Henry B. Eyring and Dieter F. Uchtdorf of the governing First Presidency and Apostles L. Tom Perry and D. Todd Christofferson. A White House spokesman said that they discussed a wide range of issues, including whether Mr. Obama had filled out his referral card, immigration policy, humanitarian efforts, and whether Mr. Obama had filled out his referral card. We even got this quick soundbite as the president was leaving that meeting. Uh, yes. Yes, I filled it out. I promise I'll uh, look through the Book of Mormon those kids gave me when I get back to the hotel. Then the president used a 30-minute motorcade ride for a private chat with Governor Gary Herbert. COK News was told that Obama asked the governor to join him for a drink, and Herbert was all, okay, and then Obama said, where? And Herbert said, I know a place. And they went to some place called the Lion House and ordered something called apple beer. A White House spokesman said that Mr. Obama enjoyed talking with Governor Herbert, but thought the apple beer tasted like someone had wrung out a dirty rag into some fizzy apple juice. 
We obtained this soundbite as Mr. Obama left the Lion House. Apple beer? Oh, God, that was nasty. Come on, Utah. The next morning, the president gave his speech at Hill Air Force Base, setting a goal for the Energy Department to train 75,000 workers in the solar energy field by 2020. But before the actual speech, the president led a roundtable discussion that included Representative Rob Bishop, Salt Lake City Mayor Ralph Becker, and Senator Orrin Hatch. The spirited discussion addressed many energy questions, including whether or not Senator Hatch has enough energy to still do his job effectively at age 81, and how many renewable energy jobs will be available to returned missionaries with no marketable skills in the real world. Then the president had to board his plane and leave town. Now, I just want to say, before I leave, that I had a really nice time here in Utah. From the wholesome family values of the Mormon families in the suburbs to the surprisingly gay neighborhoods in Salt Lake City. I really admire this state. Thank you for all your hospitality and friendship. I look forward to coming back here. Mr. President, you forgot to give me your referral card. Oh, ah, uh, whoops. Uh, hey, I'll mail it to you. And with that, Mr. Obama took off. It was a short but fruitful visit that will hopefully pay dividends for the future of Utah. Melissa now joins me and Cordell in the studio. What were your impressions of the president's visit? He seemed to be very impressed with Utah. Toads, which is a big deal because Utah is, like, uber conservative. Quite. He seemed especially happy that his hotel had a continental breakfast so he wouldn't have to use any of his travel per diem on breakfast. Well, thank you both for that report. Of course. No prob. That was Cordell Nutbrock and Melissa Reynolds. Now we turn to Book Look with Lynn Ruffle. Lynn is back here to tell us about some of her new favorite books. Welcome back. Happy to be here. Now, Lynn, I hate to say this, but you look a little beat up. Yes. Well, I had a rough weekend. Oh, no. What happened? I was trapped under a pile of books for two days. How did that happen? I was doing my semi-annual book purge when two of the seven-foot stacks of books I was planning to give away fell on me. It was very scary. I'm sure. How did you get out? One of my fellow librarians came and found me when I didn't show up for the Easter readathon. Luckily, I had lots of books around me, so I had something to read while I was trapped. Did you have anything to eat? I ate a few of the books that were in my immediate vicinity. I must say that I found the paperback of Eat, Pray, Love quite delicious. The Grapes of Wrath, however, was very bland and kind of depressing. I don't know why I expected it to taste like grapes, but that's the kind of thing that your brain thinks when you're delirious with hunger and thirst. Well, are you sure you're okay to do book look today? Oh yes, I'm fine. The doctor said I'll only be constipated for a few more days because I actually metabolize paper quite well. Well, okay then. Let's get on with it. My first book is one that I really enjoyed while I was trapped. It's called American Ghost. Santa Fe's most famous ghost is Hannah Nordhaus's great-great-grandmother. Her new book is a mix of memoir, cultural history, genealogical detective story, and paranormal investigation. It's a fun read for anyone who enjoys a true ghost story. I read this one on the first day of being trapped, so my mind was still pretty lucid at that point. I would like to read it again when a giant special edition copy of Moby Dick isn't pressing on my bladder, though. Fair enough. What else do you have for us? My next pick is Lamentation by C.J. Sansom. 
In this sixth volume of the Shard Lake Mysteries, it is the last days of England's King Henry VIII, and a potentially explosive religious manuscript written by his queen has gone missing. I wanted to enjoy this book, but it was a bit off-putting as my hunger made me hallucinate Henry VIII eating a large meal in front of me. He was so rude, just like in the book. He didn't offer me any of his meat or even a sip of wine. I give it a C-. minus. Okay. Finally, we have an imaginary book I wrote while I was trapped called Book Pile. It's the story of a talking pile of books that takes a woman prisoner. She is very beautiful and hungry for real food because she's been eating nothing but paper for two days. The book pile tells her that if she keeps eating paper, he will make her his bride, and then she can have all the real food she wants. I don't know how it ends, though, because my friend Bethany rescued me before I could finish it. I might try and turn it into a movie script. You could make a real cool CGI book pile and have that sexy Matthew McConaughey do the voice. Well, that sounds like a good one. Thanks for coming by and sharing your books with us, Lynn. You're welcome. That was Book Look with Lynn Ruffle. That's all for this episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, go to our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more news and stories. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. Please consider supporting Consider Our Knowledge by going to our website and clicking the Support COK button on the right-hand side. You can make a secure $5 monthly donation to Consider Our Knowledge, and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. We were invited on the president's plane for some lemonade, and he was genuinely interested in what we had to say. I really think he really thinks I think that the <laughs> lemonade was more tart than it should have been. You think? Thanks, Obama. You need more sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama.